Good evening, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, I thought we had some wonderful news today about Tyler Alverson. Uh, his willingness to come and put up with us and work with us. Uh, a good thing, too, is his family and her family are both from Lebanon, so we don't have to worry about them moving away to be with family. So, uh, But four years ago, before we knew of Keith, the elders had invited Tyler to take the position, and, and he really wanted to, but his wife still had a year in college, and he was preaching full-time in the congregation there in, in Scotts Hill, Tennessee. So, uh, But we finally or been blessed with his willingness to come and partner with us in ministry here. So um, God is good. God is good. Okay, um, I'd like for us to sing the song, but not right now, more toward the end of our lesson. Almost, uh, it's 929. It, it'll also be up here on the PowerPoint, but it's Father, We Love You. Now, songs are very, very important. You know, they're not just to prepare us so that we're ready to hear a spiritual lesson. They're part of our worship to God, a very vital part. Uh, the majority of uh, the Bible, we've got 150 chapters with songs in them. The, the book of Psalms, we don't know the tunes to those, but it, at one time they were sung, and they were encouraging for God's people for centuries. And uh, so... The Bible teaches us to sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, admonishing, teaching one another. We also have songs of praise to God, to exalt God and extol God and, and to lift Him up. And then we also have songs that are prayers that we're offering up to God and asking Him to, to meet our needs and, and for us, Him to accept our, our worship to Him. So this song here says, Father, we love you, we worship you and adore you, glorify your name in all the earth. So that's a song sung to God. Uh, it's not to one another, but it's sung to God. And we're asking him to glorify his name in all the earth. We want God to be known. We want God to be seen and recognized by everybody. His greatness will be recognized by everybody on the earth. And the, and the chorus goes, glorify your name, glorify your name, glorify your name in all the earth, okay? And then the next verse we won't sing now, but it'll be Jesus, we love you. And then the third verse, Holy Spirit, we love you and glorify your name. But what does it mean, glorify, to mean, what does it mean to glorify God? You know, that's, that's a nice religious word, you know, glorify. And I think it's something we all really kind of know down deep, but to put our finger on it, if I went around asking everybody individually to describe it, we might be at a little bit of a loss. I know we know it, but it's just maybe kind of hard to define it verbally or such. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. To glorify God is to extol His attributes, okay? To tell of His attributes, His holiness, His faithfulness, His mercy, His grace, his love, his majesty, his sovereignty, his power, his omniscience, uh, his omnipotence, just omnipresence just goes on and on. God has so many wonderful attributes, so many qualities that we need to, to lift up in front of everybody so people know what a great God it is that we serve. 
Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, Worthy are you, our, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So that's the God that we worship and that we praise and we glorify. To glorify God is to exalt, to magnify, and to honor Him in worship and extravagant praise, okay? Something that we can't do with anybody else. You know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl and they had parades and actually there was a, a terrible incident that happened. But people love to exalt champions, you know, and invite them to the White House and put their pictures on the newspapers and give them trophies and throw up confetti. But when we worship God, when we exalt God, when we glorify God, it's much, much more, way beyond anything like that. Psalm 145 says, I will extol, extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. So the question now, now that we have, have a better idea what it means to glorify God, the question is, how can I glorify God in my life? Okay, there's, and there's a lot of ways, and we're only going to talk about five, maybe about five, but there's a lot of ways that we can glorify God in our lives. But it's important that we, we understand this. First of all, to glorify God, we need to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Worship God on a regular basis, every time our doors are open, every time you're able to come, but even at home, when you wake up in the morning, maybe you, if you're like Becky and I, we wake up and we have a song going on in our head. And we have an Alexa, and a lot of times that song, we'll ask Alexa, play this song for us. Or maybe we're getting ready in the morning, and you can put on hymns that are praising to God. It's so uplifting, a great way to start your day. Um, Deuteronomy chapter, four verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And he says, you need to pass this on to your children. And as you're walking in along the way, you talk about that God. As you're sitting in your homes, you talk about that God, the greatness of him. When you lie down, when you get up, you're always talking about the greatness of God. That's one way we can magnify God is, is always be worshiping him in spirit and in truth. That means, you know, with our whole heart and in a way that pleases and honors God. So how can I glorify God in my life? Well, number two we can glorify God by reacting to life like Jesus did, okay? We can't control what happens to us. We can't control that. Lots of things happen to us. And if you've been living very long, you've had some struggles, you've had some crises, but how we react to those struggles and crises, we do have control. And we can glorify God by the way we react. I think in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7 says that Jesus was led to the slaughter like a lamb. He just, he didn't fight back. He, he, he just carried out God's will. He gave himself up purposefully to save us from our sins. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says, If any of you suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So if we're suffering because of our faith, if people are making fun of you at your school because you don't do the things that they do, glorify God for that. It doesn't feel good. It, doesn't, it hurts when your friends turn against you when they make fun of you. But glorify God 
on this behalf. We, we read in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, about Joseph and how he was sold into slavery, almost killed, murdered by his own brothers, but eventually sold into slavery, mistreated. Potiphar's wife lied about him. He was put in jail. He suffered, did all of that. And yet in the end, God raised him up and, and rather being bitter and angry against, with his brothers and wanting to get revenge, he, he had an attitude, no, God was working in my life. And because of the way he reacted to all the situations and crises in his life, God was glorified. Think about the book of Job. Job is probably the worst case of suffering I've ever heard about. He lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. And practically lost his family and friends. And yet he said, I came into this world with nothing and I'll leave with nothing. God be glorified. And so no matter what we're going through, if we react to life like Jesus did, like he taught us to, then God will be glorified. Number three, how I can glorify God in my life is by letting my light shine before men. Now, a few weeks ago, we, we listed about 80 different ministries that this church is involved in, and I forgot a whole bunch of others. Uh, but there's ways that we can glorify God by just doing good. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus went around doing good. And so if we're sensitive to the needs of others, Cody was a, a great example talking to us today. We're sensitive to others' needs, and, and not just physical, material needs, but their emotional needs. People get beat down so much in this world, and, and there's not many much good news that we have to share except for in Jesus Christ, and, and that's the most important thing we can share. So when you let your shine, light shine, Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. That's Matthew 5, 16. And also in John 8, 15, Jesus said, but, this is my, but by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Bear much fruit doesn't necessarily mean you know, how many people I baptize. Obviously, that would be included, but just anything that you can do to honor God and to show the world what a great God and the difference that Jesus makes in your life. But there's one problem sometimes we get so focused on maybe doing good for the Lord and that's that's good that's important but there's a lot of people that do good and a lot of different kinds of religions in the world we also must be careful that we're not involved in evil situations we're not practicing things that are against God's will and Matthew chapter 18 verses 5 through 6 Jesus said if by your life you cause some little child to go astray it's, it's the, one of the worst things you could possibly happen to you. You should never cause one of these little ones to stumble. And they're watching us, our attitudes, what we think is important, uh, how we, we, we express our, our love and our dedication to God. They're watching us. And so we need to be very careful that we don't become a stumbling block for any of those. Also, in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, Paul says that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. In other words, you're blocking people's vision. You're, you're hindering people from seeing Jesus by your evil and ungodly lifestyle. You say you're a Christian. You know, uh, one of the Ten Commandments is not to take the Lord's name in vain. Well, it means more than just saying God's name flippantly. It means saying that you are a follower of God. You're one of God's children. 
And yet, you carry his name with you, but in vain. You're not living the life that would be honoring to God. And so, if, if we are living such a lifestyle that we're suppressing the truth, people can't see Jesus because of us, it, it's a dangerous situation for all of us. Now, my mother was uh, a very kind lady. <laughs> I don't know how I'm related to her now, but she would say, if we were standing in her way, she's sitting maybe in, in the living room, and we're standing between her and the television set, she would say, FH, you make a better door than you do a window. Now, I don't know if some of you older people have ever heard that expression, but I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it's a real expression, and it explained it. You make a better door than a window. In other words, I can't see what I would like to see because you're blocking my view. It's a nice way to ask you to stand aside. But I'm afraid sometimes the way we act at our work or in school or even here in church, we're better doors than windows, and we need to be very careful. Another way that we uh, and express uh, and glorify God is, is when we hate evil. It's not just not participating in it, but now we, we, we just not get used to it. We're living in a society where we're such bombarded with evil on all sides of us, we kind of get used to it, maybe callous to it. Uh, there was a Super Bowl uh, campaign ad called He Gets Us. I don't know if you saw that. They had it this Super Bowl and last year, too. I think it ran twice. I, I didn't actually see it during the Super Bowl, but uh, I, I heard about it and read about it. I saw the, the video of it. He gets us. And uh, the idea, and I think they have a noble uh, intentions, but I don't think they expressed it very well. Uh, he gets us. It, it would show uh, different people washing different people's feet. And it said, Jesus didn't teach hate. He taught wash other, the feet of others. And so you have uh, people washing the feet of a drug addict or a prostitute or somebody involved in abortions or, or you know, somebody involved in homosexuality and, and criminality and drugs. And, and yes, Jesus loves all those people. He died for everyone. But he, didn't, he called us all to a, a renewed and changed lifestyle. And so it, it perhaps left the impression that Jesus loves you no matter what, you know, it's okay to stay in, in that kind of lifestyle because Jesus is going to love you anyway. Well, that, that's, that's, that's not the right way to glorify God. We need to teach. No, God hates sin. He loves all of us. We're all sinners, but we need, he's calling us all to change. And then another way I can uh, glorify God, and number four, is by dedicating my body to God. Now, we know that we're to get, dedicate our hearts. You know, that's the greatest command, love God with all of your heart, but, but your body. Turn over uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to read those verses there, 12 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to read verses 12 through 20. Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, okay? There's a lot of debates. Can a Christian do this? Can a Christian do that? Maybe can, maybe can't, I don't know. But if it's going to be a, cause somebody to stumble, if it's, not going to, if it's going to cause you not to be a good influence, obviously it's not a good thing to do. And he says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. You know, we've, we've talked for decades in the past. I haven't heard a lot of, in the present time, when I was growing up, I think everybody smoked. You go, I mean, all the TV programs and commercials and, and you go to the bowling alley and you couldn't even see the pins down there. But that was normal. And I remember when they cut off 
fly, uh, people smoking on the airplanes, and I felt sorry. I mean, oh, we're going to have to go. They're going. I've never, I've never smoked, but I was feeling sorry for them. They're going to have to go eight hours on this plane without smoking. I felt sorry for them. So that's how ingrained that was in our in our culture. But but as time went on, we learned how bad that can be for your health, and and people started uh, waking up to it. And and certainly, a majority of people today don't smoke, but. Uh, it's just not, it's just not, we're not, shouldn't be dominated by anything, or drugs or food or anything. He says in verse 13, he says, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Verse 14, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So we need to take care of our bodies. We need to make sure our bodies stay pure and holy, dedicated to God. And that way we'll be glorifying Him. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the, among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. People of the world don't like to see when you don't do what they do. It makes them mad. It makes them feel guilty. They, 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 they feel like you think you're better than me. And, and it makes them angry. And they'll talk bad about you. And they'll, they'll, they'll go against you. But the Bible says that sooner or later, maybe not in this life, but when Jesus comes back at least, they're going to glorify God because of your righteous lifestyle. And last of all, I can glorify God even in my death. Turn over with me to John chapter 21, the Gospel of John chapter 21. Here we have, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, uh, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And uh, even though he said, the others may, but I won't deny you, Lord. But John chapter 21, beginning of verse 15 when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, 
You know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry where you do not want to go. Verse 19. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. After saying this, he said to him, follow me. You know, Cody was mentioned as a Christian. I, I, I don't fear death. Actually, it's going to be wonderful to be with God. Now, I fear suffering in my death. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like even a hangnail. I'm a wimp, okay? But I don't fear death. It's going to be, a, it's going to be our time to be with God. It's, it's going to be reward time. I, I pray all the time, God, come back. <laughs> Do away with There's so much evil in this world. Just, you know, come back and put an end to it all. So we can glorify God. Uh, people that know they're dying, I, I think that's a blessing. Uh, so you can prepare more. We should always be prepared. But if you know you're, you're dying, maybe some sickness or uh, something, and you have the opportunity to set your house in order, that, that's a blessing. Uh, but if, if we can, even in that, uh, let everybody other to know that don't, don't be angry with God. This is my time. This is the situation I've been dealt. Uh, don't be angry with God and, and uh, be closer to God and, and, and glorify God so that we can spend eternity together in heaven. The Bible says in Romans 14, 8, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's, okay? We belong to God. He created us. He sustains us. And Soon, the Lord willing, Jesus will come back or we'll die and be, and be in his arms. Okay, just kind of wrapping this up, uh, kind of a recap. By, to glorify God, we glorify him by worshiping God in spirit and truth, by how I react to what happens to me, by letting my light shine before men, by dedicating my body to him, and I can glorify God even in my death. Okay, so let's stand and sing this song, and then we'll sing another song as the invitation song. Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name, glorify your name, glorify your name in all the earth. Jesus, we love you, we worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. 
worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name in all the Before we sing the invitation song, um, I want to challenge everybody to, to think about glorifying God more and how we can change the world. Someone wrote, when I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. As I grew older and wiser, I discovered the world would not change. So I shortened my sight somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it seemed too immovable. As I grew into my twilight years, in one last desperate attempt, I settled for changing only family, those closest to me. But alas, they would have none of it. And now as I lay on my deathbed, I suddenly realized that if I had only changed myself first, then by example, I would have changed my family. From their inspiration and encouragement, I would then have been able to better my country. And who knows, I may have even changed the world. Let's glorify God.